definition of success is not by how much my business sells or by how many I recruit or by how much money I make. I define it by how I can find a way to incorporate everything that's important to me while enjoying the journey. My life is successful now because I'm doing all the things I want to be doing every day and I'm enjoying the journey as I go through it. That's the voice of Shayla Way. By anyone's definition, Shayla would be described as being successful in life. She has been married for 10 years, has two great kids, and is working in the role that she wants to be doing, leading and inspiring others in her Calgary office and the Canadian Rockies division of Vector Canada. She shares her journey and her lessons in this conversation. I know you'll all enjoy getting to know Cutco's very own mom boss, Shayla Way. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real-life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. We have Shayla Way as our guest today. She is the division coordinator of the Canadian Rockies division, spanning from around Calgary to around Vancouver in Canada. Shayla is a about a 13 and a half year or so veteran of the Vector business, having started in 2006 as a sales rep in Calgary. And she advanced to become the pilot manager working in the division headquarters office with the legendary Angie McDougal. Uh, Shayla worked closely with Angie for a number of years, initially while finishing her degree at the University of Calgary. And then after having finished that degree, continued working with Angie for a while. In 2012, Shayla had her first child, Carter. And after that, she transitioned into the national sales promotion manager role, uh, working in the Canadian headquarters office. A few years later, in 2015, Shayla had her second child, Brooklyn. And then in 2017, Shayla decided to move from the SPM role into being a district manager and running her own Cutco sales office. She took over the Calgary area where she grew up in the business. The last two years, Shayla's office has been number one in all of North America in recruiting. And she has been able to develop a lot of managers out of her office after her first year. She had one new manager come out of her office, and then the next year it was four new managers come out of her office, and this year there will be nine new managers coming out of Shayla Way's office. So she has been highly successful in uh, producing sales and also developing people. She has now been promoted to run the division there in the Canadian Rockies, and this has all been happening 
while Shayla has two children who are now four years old and seven years old, and she's been married for over 10 years. So very excited to have her as a guest on the podcast today. Shayla Way, thanks so much for making time. Thanks, Dan. Grateful to be here today, and I'm excited to share some of my story. Yes. Well, you have a great story to share, and I know that this is going to be a fantastic conversation. So why don't we just start out by hearing a little bit about how you got started uh, with uh, Cutco and Vector. Sure. So I started in May of 2006. And when I started, I actually already had two other jobs. So I was lifeguarding, working at a golf course, and I was a business student. So I was really looking to gain some more skills for my resume, just Googled online and uh, ended up coming into the Vector office. And like many people, hadn't heard of Cutco before, wasn't really sure what to expect, but thought, hey, you know, I'll give this a shot. So that's how I really got started. And it was a very, very part-time position for me my first couple months. Sold just over seven grand my first summer. So definitely not a rock star rep. And it wasn't until Conference of Champions that I was invited into Leadership Academy and uh, continued my leadership training in the fall. Outstanding. Outstanding. Tell us about some of the early experiences you had over those first couple of years as you were growing up in the company. What were some of the most important experiences that you remember? I think it was just that the culture here in the office of just being around people that were, you know, always striving to be a little bit better. I mean, Angie as the leader of the office was super inspiring right from the beginning. She just had her first child as well. So it was cool for me to be in an office with uh, sort of a female leadership. And just the opportunity that was that was here is that it was an opportunity for the harder you worked, that was recognizing your results. I love being challenged. I was very much out of my comfort zone a lot of the times, which it was helping me grow. And so I just stuck around. I wasn't a super positive rep when I started. I you know, wasn't sure exactly what this opportunity could be for me, but I kept sticking around because of the people. And then the opportunity just got better. Awesome. Awesome. Well, your path is pretty unusual. So you went, you advanced up to being the pilot office manager working with Angie and you were in that role for a while and then uh, ventured over to being the sales promotion manager. Tell us a little bit about that path. So I just sort of took it year by year. Angie, you know, was always thinking about the future and I just, you know, I guess I never saw myself doing the vector thing for, you know, as long as I, I did. And so I just kind of my second summer could wrap my head around being an assistant. And so I did that. And, you know, I was, it was kind of lived by these five key things where it's if I'm in a place where I'm having fun, I'm growing, I'm making money, I'm traveling, I'm in the right place. And so whenever I kind of aligned with those five things, I knew it was the right place to be. So after my summer of being an assistant, when Angie approached me with the pilot role, I was like, yeah, I'm still fulfilling these things that I'm looking after. So I continued to move into that role as pilot and then did that until, yeah, until I had my son Carter. Wow. So you you were worked directly with Angie for quite a while. What was it like uh, working with such a powerful and amazing leader? I don't think there's anybody that I worked with or that I know that is at the level where we can literally complete each other's sentences. We were such a good team together because we were continuously building summer after summer. So we just, yeah, we, we worked hard. We thought big and we challenged each other and we just, we really made a great team. We, you know, when she was being too tough, I was the soft one that, you know, she encourages me to think bigger and vice versa. So just getting opportunity to grow a business with her was, you know, hands down one of the best experiences. And it still is to this day, you know, we still uh, have an opportunity to work really close together. So, yeah. So tell us about the path from working with Angie in the pilot manager role to becoming the national sales promotion manager of Canada. So 
after I had my son Carter, I mean, in Canada, we ha- usually have a maternity leave. So I was surrounded by a lot of people that when they had a child, they would get a year off. And so that was, you know, different for me because in Vector, that wasn't really what people did. And so I just, you know, had a conversation actually with Joe Cardillo and he said, you know what? You've never really been a mom. Why don't you have your baby? And when you come back, you're going to have a Porsche, Ferrari, or Mercedes, whatever you choose the option, it's going to be awesome. And we'll just deal that, you know, when, when you, when you have your child. And so I did, I, I had Carter and did the mom thing for the first little, you know, it was probably about five, six weeks. And then I kind of got thinking, you know, what next, what next Because it wasn't set that I was going to come back as a pilot. And I didn't really know what that next chapter looked like. So at the time there was an opening for this national sales promotion manager role for Canada. And I thought, you know, that could be really fun. I thought at the time I always wanted to be an event planner and I did. I loved the company. So I thought it could be a really, really great fit for me. And and it was a perfect fit. So I was able to work from home for five years. And that meant working around, you know, babies and early mornings, late nights. But it allowed me to stay in the company and be able to use the experience that I had as a pilot manager into people that were opening up offices. So I understood the business and was able to yeah, really, really impact people on that level. And so I did that for, for five years. Awesome. And were you reporting to Joe when you were SPM? It was a combination. At first it was Joe and then it transitioned to Angie when she got her promotion. So I got a chance to work with both of them. Yep. Awesome. And so as SPM, you are helping to plan and orchestrate events for the entire Canadian organization. You are giving out recognition to people all throughout the Canadian team for the things that they're doing well. You're spreading best practices of what managers are doing that are successful. You're, you're helping the national sales manager to be able to do their job and, and grow the organization, right? Yes. Yep. That's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, you were in the SPM role for how long? For five years, yeah. Five years, five years. years. And so this was right after you had Carter. And during that time, you also had Brooklyn. You got it. I found it pretty cool to consider what Joe said to you about, you know, when you had Carter, right? the, The culture in Canada around having a child is a little bit different than the United States. And there's a, a much longer period of time off. That's sort of the norm. And Joe was willing to support that culture for you in the way of these saying like, Hey, you know, go have your child, take care of that and do what you need to do. And when, whenever you're ready, we've got a place for you, you know, and, and we'll uh, help you have an awesome opportunity in the company. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I did only take with Carter just a couple months off. I was in the sales promotion role after he was about three or four months. So I didn't take the full year, but absolutely. I mean, there's, that's just a great testament to the culture and the family environment that we have here is that Joe, you know, understood what it's like to be a parent. And he knew that I didn't know what that was like yet. And so he just said, you go do that thing and, and we'll be here when you get back. And in hindsight, Carter's seven. And it's crazy to think that that conversation was just so impactful for you know the rest of my future, really. And that we were able to just take that chapter by chapter and, and navigate that. Yeah, that's awesome. Very cool to hear. So in 2017, you decided to move from the SPM role back into the field in running a district office there in Calgary. What inspired that shift from one role to the other? So I, working with Angie, always knew that I loved running the business. I loved... Angie moved away to a, a different city. So I had an opportunity for a couple of years to really run the office like a district manager, but have the perk of not paying the expenses. And so I loved that role. I loved it. It was challenging. And when I sort of was in this next phase, Brooklyn was about two... And I was really just seeking a new challenge. I kind of hit this new phase, this new chapter where we were done having children. 
And I was just looking for something different. And I think at the time I thought it was going to be outside of Vector. So I had a conversation with Angie and she said, you know, we're really going to miss having you. I think that as you're looking for other opportunities, you should put the district manager opportunity on the, on the plate. And I just didn't know how I could wrap my head around being a mom. You know, I was in my 30s. So I was, you know, older considering, you know, as a manager going into a district role, I was, you know, scared of failing. And so I just had these limiting beliefs, I think, which is what, what prevented me from being a district manager years ago. I didn't want to move from, from my hometown. And so when I got to this new chapter of life, I really wrote down things that I was looking for. And again, that went back to that list of the five things with the flexibility, love the people I work with, growth opportunities, personally and professionally, make money and travel. And when it came down to looking at the different opportunities, the district manager is the one that just kept kind of calling my name. And it was just one of those things where it's like, well, what if, what, what if you do this and you actually do well? And what if you don't do this and you'll, you would never know. And so I had a conversation with my husband and he's like, I don't know why you're not doing this. You'd be so great at this. And it really was just my limiting beliefs that was holding me back this whole time. You know, would you do well? And are you going to, you know, are you going to be able to succeed at this? And so I was ready to take on a new challenge. I really wanted to be in a place where I could be rewarded for my efforts and the vector model is exactly that, you know, the, the better performance you do, you're going to be rewarded with that. It was a place where I could be creative. It was a place that I could really be me. And so I thought, you know, I, I'll never know unless I give it a shot. So I opened my office or I transitioned, I guess, August 1st, which is also nothing in my path has been normal because it was right after our SC2 push week. So as SPM, I'm navigating the push week and all the sales promotion stuff. And then two weeks later, I'm, I'm running a vector office. So <laughs> I transitioned in, into August and then it was just, this is what I was doing. And and the cool thing about it is that I didn't really have, it wasn't going to be an option for me not to do well. I was a mom. I had, you know, things I had to pay for. I had, you know, this had to work. So it uh, was kind of both feet in. And I said, give us a shot for a couple of years and, you know, in a couple of years we can reevaluate. But looking back now, I mean, I made the best choice and I'm so happy that I, I just went for it. Finally, <laughs> as Angie would say, it only took me like 11 years, but you know, finally just really getting into the place that I'm, that I thrive. Yeah. Outstanding. It's instructive. I think for people to think about and consider the process you went through in making that decision that you were concerned about limiting your limiting beliefs were weighing on you pretty heavily at first. And, and I think that what's instructive about that is for anybody listening is that you really will find what you look for in life. If you are thinking of and asking questions around and considering limiting beliefs or limitations, that's what you're going to find. You're going you're gonna to see limitations. You're going to see challenges. You're going to see uh, you know, reasons to not do something. They will always be there. But if you instead turn that focus around and think about what do you want and what's great, you'll see a lot of that. And when you look at the district manager opportunity, when you looked at the district manager opportunity, Shayla, and when anybody you know who might be listening to this considers that opportunity in Vector, you said one of the things you're looking for was flexibility, right? And as a, as a business owner, particularly once you've built up your staff, you have an opportunity to have flexibility in your schedule. You described the people and the fun being one of those five things, right? And that's one of the great things about being a manager in Vector is that we get to work with ambitious, fired up, you know, people that are excited about where they're going and we have a chance to have a real powerful impact. You described the growth that one gets, right? And that's a huge part of what happens when you're 
running your own business as a district manager is there is massive growth that occurs for you to, to step up to the challenge and to be able to become the kind of person capable of achieving your goals. Uh, you described the income opportunity and you've been able to maximize that pretty well so far. And it's going to be even greater in the years ahead now for you. And then the opportunity to travel, right? That Vector provides us with that chance to have reward incentives and, and things like that. And we also have opportunities to do that on our own because of the flexibility. So when you looked for those five things, you saw them all in the district manager opportunity. And so you decided to take on that challenge. Absolutely. Yep. And they just have continued to be the five things that through really my whole vector journey that have guided me as a rep, as an assistant, as a pilot, you know, an SPM, these things showed up when I was looking for what I wanted at that time and just stuck true to that. And now these things just even get better, you know, now that I'm in the DBC role. So yeah, awesome. What do you feel like have been some of the challenges that you faced as a district manager and now division coordinator? I think I was probably my biggest challenge, you know, my little voice in my head of, you know, what if this doesn't work? And you know, I really looking back and I'm just grateful for the growth I've had, but the fact that I was coming into a role, you know, being one of few people that are in my situation. So, I mean, being a mom of a two and a five-year-old, I guess at the time, feeling like I was too old and then just feeling like that I was not going to exceed at this. So just really working through that. And, and what's cool now is that going through those challenges, those have become my greatest strengths. I love being a vector mom. I feel like I, I get to, you know, play on that so much in the office because I get to be the mom boss or, you know, their mom, you know, to some of these just really young adults. And I love it. Uh, I like that I'm a little older. I think it gives me more life experience. And uh, now with my peers in the division group, I mean, I, I'm definitely not old at all, but it felt like that kind of coming back into the business in that level. And just that fear of failure creates more urgency and just being super intentional, which has really helped the growth of my business because there's no time to just kind of mess around. I have to have intention. I have to create urgency. And that's something that I get to do for so many people every single day. I would say just the challenge of being really patient and that I'm building a business. It's not going to happen in a week. It's not going to happen in a month. And so being really committed to that two or three year vision that I had when I started and showing up, you know, no matter what. And now, you know, to look back two and a half years later, I mean, it's crazy to think, you know, the amount of people that I've had to influence or got to influence in such a short time, but in it, sometimes it's just that having that patience with yourself, you know, realizing that it's not vector, it's business, that the challenges that I face isn't a vector thing. And I've only known vector because that's just what I started with in university. So it's easy sometimes for me to think, oh, well, it, you know, it's, it's, I think it's just vector and it's, it's just business and it's just business. And the more that I tell myself that, the more that I'm reminded that these are challenges that everyone in business has and that's okay. And I think uh, the other one would be money, not defining my worth by my bank account. I would get really caught up when I was first starting out in, into the role that my success was defined by what my paycheck was and learning quickly that that's not at all, that if you're just there for the right reasons, that that quickly changes and that if you're you know doing the business the right way, the money's going to follow it. And so just not defining my, you know, my paycheck by my worth and just really, you know, pushing through that. Yeah. It's interesting that you open that up by saying that you were your own biggest challenge initially. And, and I think that's true for a lot of people and whatever it is that they do. And that, that was a very instructive point for people to hear that, uh, you know, even someone as successful as you've been started out in that frame of mind as you were getting into your office, but that it's important. You said it's important to be patient and that it's important to be committed to a longer term vision. And this is true for anybody who is opening any business, whether it's in Vector or anywhere else, there are going to be a lot of stumbling blocks that will happen 
And as you experience those, those small adversities, it's so easy just to say, oh, you know, maybe this is not for me. But when you maintain a commitment to a longer term vision, those stumbling blocks become much smaller in the big picture. And you realize that uh, they're just a part of getting to where you want to be. I also like what you said about the fact that challenges in Vector are just challenges that are happen in business, no matter what it is that you do. The, the challenges that we experience here are not necessarily unique to this company. Sometimes people feel that way. They feel like, oh, you know, this is hard. I'm going to go do something else over here. And a phrase I've used a lot of times with some of the young people I've worked with is this one. It's, it's wherever you go, you're still there. And what people realize is like most of the challenges that, that they're experiencing are not specifically related to the business that they're doing, but they're related to who they are as individuals to what are their strengths, to what are their opportunities that they need to shore up. And that, you know, Vector provides an, a place where you get a ton of support, a ton of encouragement, along with having a pretty good program to follow. So it's a great place to be able to learn the tools to succeed and, uh, and, and you know, the things that you've been able to do. So that's pretty cool. So you're married now. You've been married for 10 years. You have two kids. You're running your own Cutco division now, which is pretty far spread. It runs from Calgary area all the way across to the Vancouver metro, right? And you're, you know, balancing that along with family. And I think, I think a lot of people would love to hear how you're doing this. There's going to be people, Shayla, listening who are young in Vector and are trying to think about, you know, do I want to make this a career and how can I balance all the things as I grow up in the business? And there are going to be people outside the business who already have a family, you know, and they may be struggling with how do they balance work and family. So I would just love to hear your, philosophy on how you balance those things and the advice you'd have for people who want to be able to do the same? Sure. Well, I would say the first thing would be to have a very clear why. I know we've heard lots on this podcast of when you have that why, you know, the how finds a way. I would say for me, my why was so strong and it wasn't an option for me to not kind of be dabbling as to why I was doing this. And one of the things that came up was we really wanted to do an African safari. And I knew that that is not an inexpensive vacation and that I really wanted to be in a place that if I wanted to go after some massive dream like that, that that could be a reality if I really worked hard. So that was an initial why, you know, being a female leader that is a mom was another really big why. And then sharing this opportunity with so many other people was really important to me. Vector has shaped who I am. It's absolutely changed my life. And I really wanted to be able to give back. So starting there, being really clear on what you want and why you want it and making sure that the people around you are on board. You know, my husband, Brad, and I have been together for 16 years, married for 10. And I was dating him when I came home from the Vector interview. And he has just become part of, you know, our Vector family. And I think it's really important to get your partner on the same page as you and, and why you're doing that. And he had to know from day one that I was building a business and that that didn't mean I was going to be less of a wife or less than a mom, but this was going to be a commitment for a couple of years for everybody. And so, you know, getting your your family and friends and your really your village on board is is super key. And then for me, I'm just a planner. Plan, 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 plan. Everything's got a plan. I take 10 steps back to go a hundred steps forward. And you know, I'm always use old school calendars and I print them out on paper and we've got 18 months planned out at a time. And I go through, you know, our, our personal one, when the kids' birthdays are, when the par birthday parties are going to happen, all the big celebrations that we might have to do, those, those are going to go on the calendar for the personal one, any vacations. And then on the office level, same thing is I, you know, a year and a half out, all the divisions, leadership academy events, 
um, all the conferences, all the travel. I mean, that's just in there. And once you kind of have that platform, it's just a matter of putting anything that's important to you in the schedule. So everything is planned. You know, my workouts are planned. You know, you have to have room for flexibility as well. So when I, when I say this, doesn't mean that I don't ever just have some space, but I'm very intentional with my schedule. You know, I'm either spending time with someone that's going to help the business or I'm with my family. You know, I'm working out, I'm doing something that's going to be moving all of our dreams forward. And that's, that's just in the plan. And, you know, my schedule is a reflection of my life. So if you were to take a look at it, you're going to see the kids, you're going to see weekly date nights with Brad, you're going to see my office and my business. And then learning to say no to good, to say yes to great has probably been one of the big ones too, is I can't say yes to everything. I travel, I run a business, my family's important. You know, we have a dog, a house, I mean, laundry, I mean, all the things that we do is you can't say yes to everything. So being intentional with that, I feel that my strength of planning allows me to do more things because it's in the schedule. So I don't miss girls' nights because I plan them two months out, you know, so they're there. And friends think I'm a little crazy sometimes when we're planning so far out, but then I don't miss it and I get to be a part of it. Having a village is important, whatever that looks like to you, you know, delegating things that can be delegated. I'm super blessed to have an amazing village with my family and Brad's family. I view some of the childcare that we do have to pay for as an investment. I think that's a huge thing too. If people are planning on having children is that we pay our cell phone, we pay our car, we pay all these things and we just pay them as bills. But when it comes to childcare, sometimes we complain about that being like, you know, cost X amount of dollars. Well, I wouldn't be in this role if I didn't invest in the childcare. So that was a shift for me and just, systems, systems, you know, for my family, systems for the business and uh, just being able to, to grow from there. So lots of different things that, that kind of bring it all together, but those would be some of my, my tips. Yeah. There's a lot of great stuff in there, starting out with the clear reasons why you're doing what you're doing, things that are inspiring to you, things that bring in the emotion of what, you know, why you want to achieve your success having a goal like uh, taking an African safari trip is a big inspiring goal that you can envision and dream about and talk about and you know get your husband and your kids involved in, in knowing is on the horizon and that's something that that, would, that can fire everybody up about why you're working so hard you know I keep a uh, to visit list places to go list I have my North American places to go list that I try to knock off one or two every year and then I have my international places to go list, you know, where I, I try to get to one at least per year on that one. Although sometimes it might be one every two years on that one, but having that is an, that's an inspirational thing that I think people around you can buy into. The thing you shared about planning, about taking 10 steps back to go a hundred steps forward is really relevant when you have a busy life with a lot of demands. It's so important for people to consider, you know, having time in their life just to sit down and make sure they've got things sketched out. And you described planning way far out where some of your friends are like, you know, why are we planning this so far in advance? But that's exactly how you need to think if you want to be able to get everything done and not have things sneak up on you, right? And, and you described starting out with what I would call non-negotiables, which is like, when are you going to have your kids' birthday parties, right? When are you going to have your girls' nights out or your date nights or whatever it is that you want to put to your schedule that you feel like is non-negotiable that will always be put in first before you plan your other things around it. And that was really important. And, and I just love what you said about saying no to good so you can say yes to great because we have so many opportunities in our life to be able to do cool things and you have to pick your spots, right? We, we can't always do all the things that come up and uh, trying to make sure that we can do the great things. That's what's really important and making sure that we've defined 
in our mind, what are those great things so that we recognize when choices come up and we can make the right choice. So really good insights right there, Shayla. Yeah. And I think that having the plan allows you to enjoy your schedule. You know, if you were to look at some of my days, they're, they're pretty intense, but I just remind myself, I get to choose this. I chose this. And you just get to go through the day versus running around being like, I forgot this or I missed that. And it's, it's fun. It's a lot more fun to live life when you get to look forward to the week and you get to look forward to the days because it's, it's well-planned. Yeah, indeed. Now, I know that one of the keys that has helped you to be able to have a good lifestyle is that you've been great at developing people around you in the business. As I mentioned, your office has been the number one recruiting office in Vector North America the last two years in a row. And you've turned that into a lot of successful people who are now running their own offices and people who are you know, working with you in your own office as well. So I know that a lot of vector managers would love to hear, you know, what are some of your keys to developing a large organization? Okay. So it would still stem on the the vision of the mission of what I wanted to build. So when I came and took over the office in August, uh, back in 2017, there were five reps on the team. So I didn't come into an office. I think it's important for people to know that I didn't walk into an office that was, was totally staffed and had assistance and had all this development. So I just really wrapped my arms around the people that were there and I just believed in that. I just shared with my vision of what we're going to build. And I laid out sort of different roles and departments that I wanted to fill first. So an advertising department and a campus program and PRs and some of the, the programs that I was like, I knew I needed to build to grow, but this is these are the people that I have on the team right now. And so in August, my first training group, I just, I shared that. And by the second or third training group, you know, we had a couple field assistant managers. And I mean, looking back, some of them were at like 2000 in sales, but I just needed to get people on the bus and then I've just upgraded. And now our standard is like, you got to be at 25, 30 K before we would even have an interview with you for a leadership role, but that's okay. I just, I, I used and did what I could with, with who was here. They bought into what I was building. And so I, I just, I started there. That's awesome. So you started with with uh, whoever you had on the team. Reps were at two grand, three grand. They had a good attitude. You liked them. You began giving them extra attention, giving them some minor responsibilities, and kind of built it, you know, through that. Absolutely. I mean, it didn't. I didn't need somebody that had sold thirty thousand dollars in Cutco or or more to go put up posters. But I knew that in order for me to get a lot of recruits from campuses, I needed posters up every day of the week. So I started there, and and for me, it was important to be around a little bit, a couple mornings at least in the weekdays. So delegated that. And then certain things, one of the roles that I had was an executive assistant. And so there was a rep that had been around for two or three months. And I, it was about December of 2017. So I'd only been open for about three or four months at this time. And I started to create this role of things that I could delegate that would change my business. But I knew that I just didn't have the time for that. They weren't $100 hour jobs that I could do. So there was a, a rep who wasn't from the area, had sold a little bit of Cutco, but was the perfect person and was just super, super reliable and just someone that you could really um, count on for this role. So, so I created this role, executive assistant, and it started with me compensating her for the hours that I wanted my office open, but I just couldn't be there. So example would be like Monday night, I would work till about six, would get home in time to, you know, get the kids dinner in bed. But I wanted my office open till at least eight on Monday night for them to bring in their paperwork or things like that. So it started with just a couple hours. And then I would, you know, have her in on Sundays to do a few admin things. And now this role is built to almost 20 hours a week. And she's been with me for two and a half years. So just a great example of when someone you really team with somebody that they will, they'll stick with you. And she's just been a huge part of me being able to grow the division 
in that way because I'm able to partner with her. She, I would say she's the most important part person in my business. You know, my assistance and, and the leadership is important, but having someone that you can delegate things to and make sure that it gets done is, is super key. Yeah, that's great. I, I think one of the things that people could do that can help them with something like this is take a week in your life and just make a list of everything you do. Like start journaling every activity you do for seven days, literally every single thing. Just journal it all, put it all in one spot, look back on it after seven days, make this big list. These are all the things I actually did, all the activities I engaged in. And then consider which of these activities are the highest value activities that I should be doing consistently. Which of these activities are the lowest value activities that I can completely eliminate and don't even need to do? And which of these activities are sort of in the middle where they're important to my business, but they're not the highest value activities, and I can train someone else or hire someone else to help me with these things. And that's the first step towards really being great at managing your time is to really recognize what are the activities that are the highest value that are really you know, supporting the goals and visions that you have that you should be doing. There's a podcast run by another Vector guy named Andrew Evans, who's a manager in Florida, and uh, it's called Ace Weekly. And Andrew, in one of his last episodes, described this exact concept of right realizing like what is your hundred dollar an hour work, what is your five hundred dollar an hour work, right? What is your time worth, right? And if your time's worth a hundred dollars an hour, and you can pay somebody twenty dollars an hour to do some tasks for you that that you can train them on and help them learn how to do that helps you to put more time into the other things that you want to do or have more time for your kids or your family, right? And so that's a really uh, important concept I think is, uh, is critical. Um, yeah. So I would just say that would be a really key one. And then treating all the areas of the business like departments. So instead of, it's, it's just, you know, in our business, it's just, there's, I mean, it, well, in business in general, there's just so many things that you can be doing at, at one time. And so just really kind of honing in on this is my campus program and this is my PR program and this is my leadership program and just really just being in one place at a time so that I'm not, you know, trying to tackle 17 things at, at one time. So it allows me just to be a little bit more organized that way. Yeah, that's cool. I'd also like to hear, Shayla, how is it that you've taken a lot of these people from assistant manager and helped them graduate to running their own offices? What are some of the steps that have helped in that process? So for them, it's, I would say, just the culture we have here. I think that we've created such a culture, uh, you know, we use in Vector Canada, learn, grow, dream. So just this, this arena where people, they're learning, they're, they're hungry for growth, their dreams are being checked off. And so they're just in a place that they don't want to leave, right? I mean, it's, they, they're excited. I mean, we continue to have those conversations where, you know, if you're in a place right now where you're having fun and you're making money, you're in the right place. And just going through checkpoints where you're planting those seeds and those conversations with people, hey, you'd make a great branch manager one day. Oh man, you're, I can't wait till you're a district, you know? And so, so saying those, but then not pushing them so far in one direction that they get scared that they're, they're just, they're in a place where they're in a, the right place, but then working with them continuously to have them think bigger, but just making the business fun and that they get to see the results and that you're being the tough coach and they don't want to leave because they are just excited about what we're building. And I think that the more exciting my life is outside of the business, the more exciting my life is inside of the business. People just want to be around it, right? When I mean, we're, we're building something special, I'm excited. They, they want to be a part of it. And I think that there's lots of things that I just said there, but they're just, they don't want to miss out. They, they want to do it too. Yeah, that's great. My experience is that, you know, developing people in the management, there's really two parts to it. One part is 
retaining them. It's keeping them around. And if you have a great culture and they love being a part of it and they're succeeding at least at a level where they're earning what they want to earn, they're, they're not going to leave. They're not going to go somewhere else. So you're keeping them around. It's giving you that chance to do the second thing, which is helping them see and envision their next steps. And I love what you talked about, the promotion of just speaking it, right? You're going to be a great branch manager. I can't wait till you're a district manager in, you know, in this division. Like those sorts of things where you're speaking it to them, it gets into their head of like, oh, maybe I could do this, right? And you're helping them gradually take the steps to be able to get there. And eventually, right, you have this cadre of people who are taking the next steps and running their own offices. So it's pretty cool that you've been able to do that and been highly successful with it. And I think that just to not underestimate the relationships we build with them, you know, going back to what you said about if it's something that I can delegate, then I'll delegate it. But my time is spent with people when I'm in the office. So when I'm here, I'm either with a person or I'm talking to a person or I'm with somebody. So constantly building those relationships, people don't quit on people. And so if they're bought into me and I genuinely care about them and what the right path is, and there's some people that work with me that that path isn't the right path. And I'm not going to push them towards that path. But, but we need to be thinking way ahead of them. So the, the planning of me a year and a half, two years out, I know what roles I want to fill. So it brings urgency to the conversations I'm having now about where they're going to be in 21, 22, because of that urgency and just the relationships. And it just, it all comes together. The planning, the urgency, the intention, the vision, you know, the, the relationships and just being, you know, in the office with people. I mean, I'm in my office with people when I'm here. Yeah, fantastic. That's the important part of being a vector manager is that the time that you spend actually in front of someone or in a conversation with someone, those are the times that you're actually have an opportunity to really move the business forward. And that's one of the most valuable things people can be doing. I'd love to hear and give you a chance to talk a little bit about your mom boss brand and what that means to you. Tell us about that. So when I was figuring out what I wanted to do after you know sales promotion before I made the decision to, to become a district manager, I really needed to get an identity. I felt like I didn't want to be known just as a mom. I didn't want to be known as a boss. I didn't know, didn't really know. I guess I was a little bit lost in kind of who I was going to be in this next phase of life. And so, you know, as I was figuring out what I wanted, first of all, it was, I really wanted to be a good mom. And I was trying to wrap my head around how could I be a good mom and a good leader? Not, but right. I mean, how could I do both? So for me, the, the boss mom thing has been done, but I was like, no, 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 I'm a mom first and I'm, I'm a boss leader second. So mm. that's really how that came to fruition is that I really did it for myself. I really wanted to have an identity via who I was because when I was coming back to be a district manager, I was very few of the females and one of the few moms that was in that role. And I didn't want to discount my opportunity. So I think I just needed to find my own place and where I felt confident coming back into the business because I was in my thirties and I was a mom and I wasn't your typical first district manager. So that's where that started. And then through that, I've just been able to, somebody reached out to me about a year and a half ago about uh, writing a chapter in a book called You've Got This Mama Too. So I was able to really share my journey to becoming a mom boss and everything that I went through in that opportunity there. And then when I defined that role for myself, it was, well, what does that even mean when you think about being a mom boss and what does that brand really mean? And, and for me, what I share every single week in training is that I just really want to help people just becoming that five-star recruit, helping them go after their dreams. And especially, you know, being a mom and looking at, you know, the next generation 
is there's just so much opportunity for people to get a large, you know, to grow their capacity and their confidence and time management skills and all these skills that I have learned with Vector that have helped me become who I am today. And I want to be able to give that back. So every time I'm running training or I'm talking to people, that's why I do what I do is I want to help you become that person that has these skills to do whatever that is in the future. And I just am so passionate about that. And so that's what that, that brand has come to mean to me, but that's where it started. And, and that's sort of where it's, it's at today. I love how you put it that you're a mom first and a, and a leader or a boss second. And that that's how you view that and prioritize that. And that's pretty clear from just hearing some of the things that you've described here today. That's pretty neat. I'd also like to ask you, Shayla, about your definition of success and how you feel it has changed over the years since you were a young rep to working in the office to having kids and to now running an organization while having kids. How how has your definition of success changed or evolved over those years? So it's changed in the way that when I was younger sales rep, that you, you have an opportunity to make some good income in Cutco. And I would be doing push weeks and, you know, making some really great money. And I just got to a place where, you know, more money was more stuff. And so I just really wanted to get clear on what success meant to me as at this stage of my life. And so for me, my definition of success is not by how much my business sells or by how many I recruit or by how much money I make, I define it by how I can find a way to incorporate everything that's important to me while enjoying the journey. And I just, I do that or I have that definition because for me, it's not when we get to Africa that my life is going to be a success or when I open so many offices or it's now my life is successful now because I'm doing all the things I want to be doing every day. And I'm enjoying the journey as I go through it. Is it always easy? No. Is it always exciting? Lots of times. Yeah. But it's, it's not like I never set out to be the number one recruiter. That was never a goal. I wasn't like, okay, when I get to recruit over 400 people this year, I'm a success, you know, or that success. It's, no, no, no. I'm just going after these things that are part of my, my journey and if, I'm going to enjoy it along the way. And I just didn't want to have to always be thinking about, well, when I hit this milestone or my office does this, because I actually, I set a lot of goals for myself, but what I've come to learn is that when I hit those goals, it's like, okay, well, what's next? Like it, it's, it's so much the journey for me and you know, we'll hit a level and I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And we'll celebrate a little bit, but it's never really hitting it. That's exciting. It's all the things that I have to do to get there. And so just for me, I think it's important for everybody to have a definition of what success means to them. Because for some people, it might be a trip or a car or something. And that's awesome. And as a rep, that for me was a lot of those little things along the way. But I really wanted to get clear when I transitioned into what that was going to be for me. And that's that's my definition now. Yeah, outstanding. It is really important for people to get clear on what success means to them, what it will look like. And, and I like what you said about uh, incorporating everything that's important to you while enjoying the journey. And uh, it's, it's great to see you doing that in your life, Shayla. You know, I, I often will wrap these episodes up by uh, reminding people that the podcast theme is changing lives. And I, I'm interested in hearing as you look into your future, you know, how do you aspire to change people's lives through your work or through your influence? I want to be the person that gets to believe in all the people that haven't had someone believe in them. You know, there's so many people that walk through these doors that I'm the first person to say, way to go. Great job. You got this. So to coach people to live their best life, helping them to find their success and just going after their dreams. That is an outstanding way to wrap this up. Very inspirational, Shayla. 
uh, loved all the things that you've had to say during this episode. And it's great to have seen your success uh, really blossom here in the last couple of years. Congratulations on your relatively newfound promotion to division coordinator. And I'm looking forward to seeing all the great things that you're going to be able to do in your work and in your personal life in the years ahead. I'm, I'm grateful to have a distant view of it, but to be able to see the things that you're doing here in, uh, in Cutco and Vector. So thanks so much for making time for the podcast today. Thanks for having me on, Dan. What a great conversation that was. I hope you really enjoyed that episode with Shayla Way. Interesting to hear her describe her early Cutco experience as doing a lot of things that were way outside of my comfort zone. And for anyone that's experiencing that, whether in Vector or somewhere else, realizing that that's a positive thing, not a negative thing, because it's forcing growth and providing us with those opportunities uh, to become the kind of person who's capable of doing more in our lives. I also really loved what she shared about what Joe Cardillo, who was the general manager of Canada, told her when she went to have her first child in that uh, she could take whatever time she needed and that we would have a role for her in the business and we would help her. I understand this is sort of like the norm in an employee situation, but you know, Shayla was working in the field with the company, not an employee position. It's a little bit different. And, and Joe giving her that vote of confidence to be able to say, do what you need to do we've got an opportunity for you. It just speaks to the culture of our company, our CEO of our parent company. I've heard him say, you know, we don't make business decisions that affect our people. We make people decisions that affect our business. And uh, the great Joe Cardillo was an excellent example of that in that way. And that, that kept Shayla in the business in a, in a role that she could fit into, you know, right away after having had her first child. When Shayla got into being a district manager a few years later, and she described having all those limiting beliefs, I think it's really key to consider that question of what are you looking for in whatever opportunity you're taking on? Are you looking for the reasons why you can't? Or are you looking for the reasons why you can? Because whatever you look for, you're going to find. And it's very important to be looking for the reasons why you can do something. The importance of planning that Shayla described and really being super intentional about the things you do with your time and making sure you're doing the things that are supporting your vision that are really, really, truly important to you in the big picture in the long run and that are, you know, the things that are also at your pay scale. The way that Shayla took over an office with only five reps after the summer and built that very quickly to where it was highly successful her first full year, turned out one new manager in that next summer within just a few months. And then four new managers the year after that, and nine new managers now for this coming year in 2020 that she's developed. Uh, really some good stuff on building a business in that part right there. Getting clear on what success means to you. And, and I thought Shayla's phrase about incorporating everything you want that's important to you while enjoying the process, that's truly being successful. And it's not measured by how much your business sells or how much you earn. Right. But are you doing the things that you want to do and enjoying the, the steps along the way? That was great. I just want to end with the last thing Shayla said was about being the person that gets to believe in people, right? The person that gets to believe in people who maybe don't have others that believe in them. 
a lot of times we make the mistake of thinking, oh, you know, this person's successful or this person's got a lot of friends or whatever. And, and, you know, they don't need a whole lot of that. But the reality is almost everybody, almost everybody really needs someone else in their life that, that believes in them, that encourages them, that supports them, uh, that helps them. And as a leader, particularly if you're a leader in Vector, but anybody who's listening, you have the opportunity to be the kind of person that can really make a difference. And that's really what uh, you know Changing Lives is about. It's about helping people to see more for their own selves, giving them that support, that encouragement, the teaching, the mentoring that helps them take those next steps. That, in the long run, is what's going to be truly most rewarding for all of us in our lives. And that's the legacy that we will leave in the world is all the people that we have impacted, you know, that go on, that perpetuate our ripple effect in the world on and on after we're gone. So hope you really got a lot out of that. I thought that was an awesome conversation with Shayla Way. Have a fantastic rest of your day, everyone. Thanks for supporting the podcast. And please take five seconds right now to rate the podcast on your podcast player. It does help with making sure that we're spreading the word about uh, you know what this great company is doing for people and all the ways we're impacting people. So take a few seconds to do that and have an awesome rest of your day. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. And if you want access to today's show notes, including links to any resources mentioned, visit changinglivespodcast.com. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. I'll catch you back here in a few days for our next story about changing lives.